Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. I'm Patricia Raskin. And so happy to be with you right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, I'm excited today to have with us uh, Paula A. Marshall. And she comes on the show more like six, seven times a year and has been on the program for years. And I'm just so excited about her. Paula is the, the Chief Executive Officer of BAMA. And we'll tell you what BAMA is in a minute. She provides strategic leadership and direction to the entire organization. And her vision stands as a beacon for her BAMA team members. And that vision is, and that mission is, people helping people be successful. Paula assumed responsibility as the CEO of BAMA Companies in 1984, which now includes BAMA Pie, BAMA Foods, BAMA Frozen Dough, Beijing BAMA, and BAMA Europa. And under her leadership, BAMA has expanded to provide a wide variety of frozen desserts and baked goods for fast food chains in the country, including McDonald's, Walmart, Pizza Hut. And she's also the author of four books, and she has, uh, and her books are wonderful. One is called Finding the Soul of Big Business, S-O-U-L. And the other one is called The Executive Entrepreneur. And she has several others. Welcome, Paula. Thank you very much. I'm happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, it's fun. It really is. Now, I got to tell you something. I did some homework and I thought this was interesting. So I can't wait to talk to you about this. I looked up. Um, sort of what is the fast food experience going to look like in 2021? You know, it was like going into the future. And they were talking about, um, like, for example, they were doing like a brief tour of Taco Bell and they're going to do like smart kitchen technology. They're going to use apps. And then they're actually going to do something where they find out about your history and your ordering. And so when you get there, they kind of know what you want to order. I mean, it, it's just, it's fascinating, but it's a whole kind of new design. Do you, can you talk about yeah, some of this? Yeah, it's already happening. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, tell us about this. I think it's fascinating. Well, it's already happening in the restaurant industry now. I don't know if as many people are as up to speed as McDonald's is right now, but they launched their, it's called AI, Artificial Intelligence, mm-hmm. um, about two years ago. Now, the the... The very initial project doesn't read your car. It reads high-trending items. So when you come into McDonald's now, you can look at the menu board, and in a box on the corner, it will say, what's trending? So that means how many cars that came through in the last hour bought these five items. So most people will follow that, what's in the trending box. Some people want something different. But unless it gets to a certain number per hour, it doesn't make it into the trending box. So you can also, uh, on the McDonald's mobile app, you can also go in and order your meal. It will text it to their POS system. And you could be, like, say, 100 miles away, and they will tell you that they will start preparing your order when you get closer. So mm. it's GPS technology combined mm. with their wow. POS systems, which will go ahead and prepare your order 
before you ever even get there. So, but it doesn't make wow. it too early, and it doesn't make it too late. It just mm. it just starts basically off of GPS when you're close enough to the restaurant. It starts preparing your order. That's amazing. Do you think? Yeah, Paula, but eventually in the new world, I think that it will read, it will scan uh, either people's cars or you know when they come in the drive-through, and it will automatically ask them if they want their same order as last time, and if not, they can make changes. And if they mm. want the same order, they can just press yes, and it goes ahead and makes it. So you don't even have to stop and talk to that little box, you know. That's that's amazing. So, do you yeah. think do you think this is happening faster because we had COVID, or do you think this was going to happen anyway? But it just happened faster. This whole technology. Um, well, this McDonald's started theirs about three years ago, three and a half years ago, and I think a lot of the other chains are now trying to catch up, you know, with that technology. But you know, they have a lot of money and they can do things a lot faster. So, if you think about your local you know, on-the-corner pizza guy like you have up there in Rhode Island, they probably don't have this technology. Now, what they have done is because of COVID this year, most of them have implemented phone ordering, call-ins, or text messaging to the restaurant, and they will prepare your order, and you can walk up and get it through the door. So that is something that a lot of little guys have started doing, uh, you know, in the last, I would say, in the last year because of COVID, because of so many of the restaurants being closed, you know, they had to think of a way that they could keep selling food without, right. you know, just completely going out of business. So it's been very, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. But this kind of alleviates the burden a little bit on the merchants, right? Because it's so much easier well, it to will know. eventually, if they could, you know, if people could have foresaw this, they probably would have already set up an account with, let's say, DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats right. or something. But a lot of the small guys, a lot of the little independent guys didn't set up their Uber Eats until they had to. And so I think there's been a little bit of a lag in terms of, you know, what, um, you know, what, what the little guys have been able to do and how fast. So most of, most of them are either doing individual ordering right now by calling the restaurant for your favorite things, or you can put your restaurant on a DoorDash or a Grubhub or a Uber Eats, Mm. and you're part of a bigger selection, you know? So it has to, it all has to make sense for the the small independent guys. And Mm. that's where I think some of the disconnects are, because some of it's very expensive. Right. So what I guess what you're saying is that for a person who owns a McDonald's franchise, one of them who can do it financially might already be doing this, but that doesn't mean they're all doing it. Many franchises are not. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. And that's that's really because for people they have started going back to McDonald's. I mean surprisingly this thing has been fairly lucrative for McDonald's and people like Pizza Hut and, and Domino's Pizza and Papa John's and those guys because they already had their delivery systems set up, you know, and their ordering yep. systems were set up. But a lot of, if you go walk down the street, you see a lot of the little independent restaurant guys are, are closed, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, they couldn't hard. figure out how to make the transition quick enough. Yeah. 
Well, and we hope that they'll come back. I want to ask you how this has affected your role, you know, where you are making the apple pies, the desserts, the pizza crusts. I mean, how has this affected what you're doing? Have you changed the recipes? Has it been slower, faster? I mean, how has this affected the manufacturing end of it? No, I will tell you that, uh, you know, we, we um, you know, we we have not had to change much of anything for our large customers. We have been launching a line of meat-filled items, and that has been a big change for us because we're selling direct to the convenience store industry. And that's, that's been a little different for us. So, you know, we usually go to the big guys first, and if they don't want it, then we kind of drop it. So. We decided this year we we love these products so much. It's like a handheld chicken pot pie and a bacon egg and cheese in a hmm. in a wrap pastry, you know that kind of thing. And we're going to people like Wawa and all the different convenience store chains. So it will take a while before you see it in the stores, and you might not you might not even know it's ours because we I won't see. be branded under Bama label, but we will take it to them and they will brand it, you know, under their, under their I label. See. So you're expanding. You're expanding more. Yeah, than we actually are, are really, uh, really are, are uh, expanding during this pandemic. We decided there was no time like the present. Um, yeah. And, and just, you know, um, well, you, you know, Paul, I want to make right? a point. Yeah, I want to make a point about this. And I'm speaking for me, but I know I'm not alone. I mean, you see all these food subscription services, you know, where you get the meal and it just comes to you. And I know even though I can cook, I really don't love it. I'd rather be doing my work in the world <laughs> than cooking. So, you know, I'm 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 getting ready made things. Now, I try to get health conscious meals, but I'll get something that's frozen and then it's right there or I'll buy a piece of chicken and just cook it quickly. But the point I'm making is that I think there are going to be more people now that want that ready-made food they don't want us i mean some people love to cook but a lot of people don't and so i think right. there's even more of a need for that look at all the food subscription services that we have now the hello fresh and you know all yeah. those yeah it's a very i mean the market you know for delivering food to the home is is bigger uh you know bigger than ever i mean it's you know, people without going out and people do not cook. You're right, Patricia. They, you know, most people, they raided the grocery stores, if you think about it, back in March. Yeah. And hit up all the aisles. There was no food in the grocery stores. It was yep. completely run out. And then after about three weeks, you started seeing McDonald's sales pick back up. You started seeing yep. People order pizza because, you know, the number one selling item in, in the grocery stores back in the, in the spring, besides toilet paper and things like that, was prepared meat. So, you know, bologna, yep. hot dogs. I mean, people were just filling up on junk food, you know. And yep. so eventually, because moms don't really cook anymore, um, <clears throat> you know, it became easier to just order, order the food on an app. And either yep. have it brought to the house, you know, as a DoorDash would do, or run out and get it at a drive-thru, like you would go to McDonald's and get your food and bring it back. If someone wanted to get out of the house, they might do that. But there's so much food pre-prepared, box, et cetera, now coming to the house that, yep. um, you know, it's so easy to, 
eat. And then there's also things like, um, you know, the shopping cart, uh, Instacart, uh, which is something that will hire shoppers to go to the grocery store for you. Yep. And then you will, they will bring food to your home and drop it on your front porch and you'll, you don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore if you don't want to. Yeah, so it's I really it, that, yeah, it's know. really changed our concept of food, hasn't it, Paula? It has. You know, I think yeah. we all took food for granted. Oh, I'll just go to the store and buy food. Well, not so now. There are thousands of cars lined up, you know, at food banks. Yes. Oh, yes. That is another really sad thing, you know, that I don't think, you know, again, if you think about the size of the restaurant industry, it's almost there are almost 900,000 restaurants in the U.S. So that's almost a million, let's say. Well, almost half of those, you know, McDonald's is only 14,000 of the 900,000. So you think about how big the restaurant industry is. And of that million restaurants, most of those are independent people. You know, there are people with one or two stores. The chains only make up about 35 to 40% of the total restaurant. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's yeah. fascinating. So no wonder. Think yeah. about it. The pandemic has hurt, you a know, lot. and that with the pandemic and the restaurants not opening, that takes away a lot of college jobs, in, in you know, entry level jobs, jobs for you know people with no skills and not much education. So it's really hurt the really low, you know, lower um, level people that are just starting to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why you see the lines at the food bank so long is because those are the people that really did get put out of their jobs yeah. during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. All right, let's 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 take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this and maybe what the hope is for 2021. So we'll come back and talk about that. And my guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's CEO of Bama Industries. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for McDonald's and Walmart and many other fast food chains. And uh, she's just a, an extraordinary person and her book tells a lot about her which is finding the soul s-o-u-l of big business stay tuned you're listening to the patricia raskin show right here on voiceamerica.com america's voice Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And we are back with Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Industries. And they make all of the fast food desserts and apple pies and pizza dough for uh, lots of fast food chains like McDonald's and Pizza Hut and Walmart. And she's been the CEO since 1984. This is a family business. It started on her grandmother's kitchen table making apple pies. Um, And so in, I think, in 1938, and Paula has taken the helm and has really done so much. And she does a lot of work, too, with the Covey uh, Effective 7 Habits. And her employees are not called employees. They're called team members. And she's really there for them. And her book, Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business, really says it all. Welcome back, Paula. All right. Thank you. All right, let's keep talking about this thing with the food because I'm, I, I want to kind of bring it up to a positive note. So, yes, a lot of people are out of work, and we know that because of all of this. Um, but it, it will change, right? I mean, we now have a vaccine that's it's, it's here. I mean, it's on the horizon for a lot of us, but it is, it is here. So um, what do you see for 2021, 2022, just from where you sit, Paula? What do you see in terms of moving ahead and hope? Well, uh, you know, I've got, I'm pretty uh, bullish on, uh, you know, what is going to be happening um, <clears throat> to the economy. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful and, and I believe that our customers are going to keep, keep uh, going strong. What I hope and pray is that we can get the, uh, all of the people back to work and eating out and back to normal life and going to, you know, games again. And, and because that, those are really uh, drivers of what happens in, you know, in the economy. And right. so ultimately people need to work. They need their jobs. They need to have an income. And those entry-level restaurant jobs need to be there. And, yeah. you know, you just keep hearing more and more, I feel like scare, scare things coming out about, oh, there's a new strain of COVID, there's this, there's that. And I just feel like, you know, it's, it's just time to, let's just, you know, get going and, and uh, get the yeah. vaccine and, and build immunity and let's go and yeah. let's fight yeah. this, fight this um, desire because if we don't, 
you know, the country's going to go broke. And then if the stock market starts to fall, then a lot of people's 401ks and retirement funds and things will just be devastated. So I I feel like people will get behind getting out and and getting going, you know, and and stop stop being afraid afraid of everything. Yeah, I want to read you this. It's really great. It's um this is this article I was telling you about that is called I'm going up to the top. It's in QSR. It's called Will the Fat What Will the Fast Food Experience Look Like in 2021? And there's a quote here at the bottom that I thought that really just struck me. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, I, I had to flip up to find the title. So um, here it is. Um, yeah, it's about putting the customer first. Um, you know, in terms of what's going to happen is the technology is really going to help put the customer first. So it says here, we believe that the brands that will dominate the next decade will develop pickup and delivery formats that serve many different types of consumers across uh, a proliferating number of, of purchase channels so that it's all about the customer. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what they're saying, that it's really going to be about the customer. And there was another quote that I love, but I'll find it. Yeah, that the, the technology, that's what's going to happen, is it will help the customer. He, here it is. Yeah. And it, the brands that will define, it will build a trusted technology-enabled relationship with consumers <coughs> that will put the consumer at the center of the enterprise. Yes, that's very true. That is what's happening right now. Um, every single Every single chain that we work with is, you know, still, after all these years, focusing on value, they're focusing on innovation, they're focusing on, you know, I would say, Patricia, to me, remember we spent a lot of time over the last few years talking about the nutrition, are we going to go, you know, with the meatless and do all that? I would say there's a lot of new meatless options available. You know, there's a lot of big companies that have come out with these vegetarian offerings, Mm -hmm. but... I think what's really happening is as people get stuck at home, um, they're going back to more traditional food. You know, they're going back to more traditional meals that they, they, you know, people are eating a lot of French fries again. They're, you know, eating big burgers. Um, You know, it's really, to me, it's kind of an emotional roller coaster right now, emotional reaction to... Uh, being stuck at home all the time, and yeah. it's people are going to their to their food for for comfort, you know, and that's yeah. that's been really driving what's been going on this whole year. So, for example, a lot of my customers actually cut menu items from their menu, their COVID menus, and and hired less people, trimmed down, you know, the restaurant hours. <clears throat> went to reduce selections in terms of what yep. they were serving and just put five or six items on the menu and that yep. was it. They went got yep. away from big huge All menu books. Uh, most right. people went to right. a you know, a not a touchless or touch free yep. menu Let, where you put your phone on the table. I don't know if you've seen those kind no, of No, I've, I've seen your, it in cars. I've seen it in cars. Yeah, there's I have like seen a it. UPC code and you put the UPC your phone on top of the UPC code. Wow. And the menu of the entire restaurant will come up, you know, wow. on the UBC code. And wow. so there's no hardly anyone hands out menus anymore if you think about it, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
I want to ask you, Paula, you mentioned depression. I want to ask you about that because, you know, there are people that are very, you know, food conscious, nutrition conscious. And even if they're eating meat, right, if they're not vegetarian, they want to feel as though there's not a lot of fillers, you know, not a lot of heavy saturated fat. Um, Is that being addressed, do you think, now in the fast food industry in terms of the healthier choice? I think that it's so funny, Patricia, because during this this last year, during this pandemic, when it hit, it's like ground all of those kinds of things ground to a halt. McDonald's went to a very limited menu. They took salads off their menu. They took the parfaits. They took, you know, it was incredible what was coming off the menu. They left all the main burgers. They left the chicken sandwiches, the fries, and then, of course, they kept their pies on there. So it's quite, you know, it's just quite amazing when you think about what the pandemic has done and how the restaurants have changed and all the innovation has pretty much ground to a halt because they don't have the people. They've laid off people. They don't know what the future outlook's going to be. So they're going with the tried and true, you know, and not, not going too far out on a limb to you know, uh, spend money that they don't have. Yeah, yeah. And I would say corporate America has been right right along with that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, we've been, you know, we've been doing a lot of, you know, meeting with our teams. We've reduced Bama. You know, we when it first happened, we reduced by 30%, and mm-hmm. we've slowly added back people, but our sales are still down 20. We've still you know, have reduced our company by 20%. And we're not doing nearly uh, the work that we were um, on innovation. It's it's just you're trying to conserve. You're trying yeah. to give the money yeah. back to the people. Um, I sent okay. you an article that I read on in um, just, just Bezos and his net worth and how mm. much it continues to go up and how little he pays his people. This is Amazon, <laughs> right? This it's is Amazon. Like, Right? Yeah, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. So you think yeah. about how much his sales has grown and how his cost of wages is capped. And the whole tone of the article was about, you know, the companies are doing pretty well um, during the pandemic. The company, you know, the big companies, some of the medium companies, the smaller companies. And they're hoarding the money themselves, you know, instead of, you know, Mm. uh, sending it out Mm. as profit sharing or success sharing or whatever. So we did, we did a big profit sharing um, because we had come through the pandemic pretty well. And, you know, we're, we're, we're sharing it with the people that are out there making our money for us. That's wonderful. That's so you haven't cut back. You haven't cut back on your internal customer, which is your team member. Right, right. You still stay. And as you know, we're trying to continue to find ways to get them the training that they want, the training that they need, because you work with us on on a lot of that. And um, I think companies need to try to remember that uh, you know it's the people that work there. That's the reason you can be who you are and grow and, and develop all that all that money, you know, that you have. But it's pretty incredible. This guy did an analysis and said every single 
team member at Amazon could have gotten a profit sharing or a, a stock sharing or something or cash in their pocket of something like $30,000 for every person that works at Amazon, and it wouldn't mm. have affected Jeff mm. Bezos' net mm. worth at all. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh. So, you know, you and I, we like to talk about these things on your show because that's one of my messages is that people are important, and right. the big dog cannot forget that. You know, who is out there doing the work for you every day? And and are you sharing the success of the company with them? Yep. Absolutely. All right. On that positive, wonderful note, Paula, which is so much you, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back with Paula A. Marshall, who is the CEO of Bama Industries. They make all the apple pies and fast food desserts and pizza dough for uh, fast food chains like McDonald's and Walmart and, and Pizza Hut. And so we will be back with Paula. We'll talk more about the food industry. And I also want to talk a little bit about her wonderful book, which I think is a classic. It's called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. And it's really all about your team members and respect and having compassion and emotional intelligence. We'll talk all about that next. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are working on your path to enlightenment, may we suggest another guide point to help you get there? It's Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Roz Kincaid. Roz and her guests are making this show a safe place to find balance, healing, and transformation. You'll learn how to manifest the best version of your life. Make sure you join Roz every week for Soul Healing Conversations, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone. We are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest for the whole hour is Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Companies, and they make all the fast food desserts and apple pies for McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. She has about a 1,000 employees, companies around the world, and this company started on her grandmother's kitchen table. It's over 80 years old now, and she is at the helm. And her father ran it, her grandmother, her grandparents, her father, and then she has been at the company since 1984 running it. But she started as a little kid, right, filling up the Pyrax, right, uh, right, uh, <laughs> right, Paula? Yes, I did. I was working there from the time I was about eight years old, just doing different wow. stuff that my parents, wow. told me, you know, we didn't. We didn't have Little League, and we played sports at school, but that was over on Friday. So on Saturday and Sunday, we went to work with my parents and just, you know, depending on what was going on, we just hung out or, you know, they had us sweeping floors or, you know, whatever. So it was a great, it was a great way to grow up. Well, and to understand the business from the bottom up, literally. Right. So now, you know, you're not just at the top when a team member is on the floor doing something, you know, because you've done it. Right. And, you know, things change with years that go by and we bring in new automation and things, things like that. But, you know, for the most part, it, it people respect me because they've known, you know, me for so many years and they and they trust me, you know, and they know the decisions that we make, you know, the the Amazon story we were talking about last last uh, section was, you know, to me I was really sad when I read that and I thought, you know, these people are out there running back and forth from their little trucks, bringing up packages, running here, running there, and you know, I don't know what the pay structure is there, and I don't know if they get stock options. I did really didn't know, but I was reading this. Um, editorial this morning, I sent it to you because I just, you know, part of my mission and part of what I try to do when I'm on your show is not only talk about positive things, but also to, you know, encourage corporate America to look at things differently. And that's what my whole mission is about at Bama is, you know, let's look at this thing differently and see what we could have, could do that's better than, you know, somewhere else that people could work because people have have options. They have yeah. uh, different, you know, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, there's a lot of big companies coming into Tulsa too. So I try to go over and above and beyond and find out what other companies are paying. And, and then we try to go above and beyond to make sure that our team members feel special and that, yeah. You know, we treat them like, 
we want to be treated, you know, yeah, not it, different. It's, but- yeah, it's amazing. I ha- I want to share this with the listeners. So I went out to Tulsa. I've known Paula now about 10, 11 years. And finally, I, I, I did a training and I went out for the first time. And it was so exciting. I got to see, you know, the mixers for the, for the apples and for the pies and the pizza. It was just, it was exciting. But I did a training. But what, I'll tell you what I was amazing to me. So um, I was in the main office and uh, Paula wasn't in her office, so I took a look in Paula's office, and I, I said to Matt, your, your you know, administrative person, I said, Matt, I'd love to see Paula's office. Now, I walk into this office, and it's like someone's living room. It's like someone's <laughs> home living room with this beautiful couch and, and beautiful chairs and soft leather, and I'm, I'm no desk. No big, you know, nothing formal. It was it was really like saying, I want you to come into my space and I'm here to welcome you. I have never seen that. In fact, I took a picture of it and I didn't post it because I said, I don't want Paula to think I'm I'm posting pictures of her office. <laughs> but I was so impressed with this office. I mean, Well, you know, if Paula. you think about it, how, when you when you go to a meeting in the CEO's office, you're already scared, you know. And when you walk in and there's this great big desk and the person yeah. sitting behind it, it's, it's scary. It brings that fear and anxiety and, you know, am I in trouble? And this person holds the key to your pocketbook, your, I call it the rice bowl. You know, this person holds a lot of power over you. And so when you, when you sit in that spot and you realize how afraid people are when they come in, I try to immediately put people at ease and say, you know, <clears throat> we're here to talk about XYZ project or something, and I want you to be fully present, not afraid. You know, I want mm-hmm. you to be able to feel confident you can say whatever you need to say or whatever you want to say, and mm-hmm. and just relax, you know. Yeah. And I, I think some people that I've, that I've heard, and I've heard this actually about Jeff Bezos, is that you know he he's a he's a a uh, very driven guy he's doesn't give people a lot of time <clears throat> you know you have to you have to get your three minutes or four minutes you have to get your whole entire project said before you know before mm. he gets bored and goes on to the next thing mm. and <clears throat> while that's a great developmental tool for some people to learn how to say things you know more succinctly and quicker mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing right it, it's 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 built around fear, you know. Yes, it and is. And so, you know, my mentor is Dr. W. O. Deming, as you know, as we've talked about many, many times. And he he just, he taught me so many things about fear and what it does to people. And, and not only that, but, you know, when people work at a big company like that, that's, you know, they're worth $198 billion, I think, as what I read in that article. <clears throat> I mean, if you can even fathom that, you know, that's $198 yeah. billion. It's probably bigger than some countries on this mm. on this earth. Mm. So, you know, you start thinking about all the bureaucracy involved, how yeah. people were treated, yeah. how, how they set up their measurement systems, their pay systems, and all that. And, you know, once you go to work there, I've had people leave, we they just built a big Amazon distribution center here in Tulsa, and I had I probably had fourteen people in the company leave, and mm-hmm. within six weeks 
they called and asked if they could come back. All, all wow. 14 of them. Yeah. And, and why, then, what was uh, the reason? Paula, what, <clears throat> tell me the reason. What, what was the reason they gave that wanting to come back? Well, they were treated like a number. They were, uh, they counted how many seconds they left to go to the bathroom. Oh. Uh, they had so many times for breaks. They had so much time for, you know, the set and the other. And they, they didn't like it. They just didn't like it. So, you know, it was a very structured environment. It was supervisors counting them and counting mm. their productivity and how each person mm. has to have so much productivity, um, you know, for, uh, you know, each person. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about is in Bama, you know, you're not a number and you're not just measured on every widget or every little pie that you make, you know. We try to we try to put the system in place around you, and we get, use you and your feedback to help us get better. You know, because it's not a it's not a one way street. It's pretty remarkable, and and you know, and I I've said this many times to you. You wonder why more companies don't do this. I mean, I, I mean, I know I think you're very unique, and and you say yes. Well, I'm really not, but you are because how many other CEOs of companies as large as yours have this kind of philosophy and treat their employees or or as you call them team members the same way? I mean, are we looking at ten percent, twenty percent? What do you think, Paula? I mean, you you've seen them. You have meetings with CEOs. What would you say? Oh, I would say it's much less than 10%, you know. I mean, if you look at how people are taught to manage people out of coming out of universities and schools, it's about the worst possible way you could treat someone. The, The things they teach in business school are horrific. I mean, it's all about... Rating people, ranking people, and from what I understand, Amazon has one of the biggest rating and ranking systems there is. So everyone is measured off of what happened to the other person, you know, and so Mm. what happens from management's perspective of that person. So, you know, Amazon, I think, doesn't work like a system. It's a big behemoth that, you know, drives people into the ground if if they're not cut out for that kind of an environment. And most people can't do that over a 30-year, 40-year history, you know, career. And that's why Amazon has a high turnover. That's why they have a lot of lawsuits going on against them. Um, it's, it's a very concerning, you know, uh, kind of environment that people will kind of run through like a buzzsaw, if you will. Mm. And and then they'll leave, just like what happened to my folks that went over there. Um they didn't even last six weeks, you know. It was so, mm. it's such a cold, cold culture of just numbers and numbers and numbers and beating the clock and beating the clock that they never felt like they got any satisfaction out of their job. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and it doesn't work as well in the long run. Maybe in the <laughs> short run it does, but in the long run it doesn't because of the turnover rate. Right. It's more expensive to be to be honest, and more mistakes get made. So consumers get frustrated, and they get you know they get left kind of they get left with this: can I trust this company or not? You know. Yeah. And sometimes they have a a right 
to be concerned about the trustworthiness of the company because if they continue to, you know, rake in the kinds of money that, for example, pick on Amazon today because I read that article, you know, and nothing is shared back, you know, with the people. Now, I'm sure they have some kind of a stock option program or something, but the point of the article was it could have, in one quarter, they were up 25 or 30%, and if Bezos' share was to share, I think it was thirty or $40,000 per employee, it wouldn't mm. affect his net worth one penny. And that's mm. how, that the, was the point of the article, was that it, it appears that the CEOs and the leaders are kind of deaf to how much effort it's taking all these people that work there, hundreds of thousands of team members, you know, they call them employees, but hundreds of thousands of them mm. um, that are, you know, killing themselves to get your stuff delivered to you, you know, in a yeah. day or a day and a half. So you imagine the machine that has to move around to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, and, and it, it's, a, it's an amazing company. I'm not knocking it. But I'm just saying I think there's, you know, reasons that he doesn't want to share. And it might have to do with his philosophies about people. Maybe he thinks people are going to get lazy or not work as hard or, mm, you know, mm, who knows? I don't, yeah. I don't really know. And don't well, you're, you look at it very differently. You look at <clears throat> people are your capital, right? I mean, people right. are your... People are with because without the people, you can't, you don't have a company, and so no. you you see that as very, very valuable. And that's what right. we're looking at. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your book, which really speaks to this, which is Finding the Soul of Big Business. So, you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, and my guest for the whole hour is Paula A. Marshall, who's the CEO of Bama Industries. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for McDonald's and Walmart, and and Pizza Hut and many other places, and they've and they have plants all over the world as well. All right, again, I'm Patricia Raskin for the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Stay tuned; we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Industries. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for fast food chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. And the company started over 80 years ago on her grandmother's kitchen table. And she made apple pies by hand. And then her father, Paula's father, took over the company. And then Paula took over the company in 1984. And has, it has really grown. It's now international with plants in different parts of the world. She has over 1,000 employees. And a longstanding relationship with McDonald's for over 30 years, which is pretty remarkable. So welcome mm. back, Paula. Thank All you. right. So, I, I, you know, I know I ask you this a lot, but I, I, I just I think it is remarkable that you have kept that same relationship that your father started with, it was Ray Kroc, right? In in yeah. the, what was it in, this, in the 70s or the 80s, maybe the 70s? Or was it the 60s? Uh, he and my dad actually started working together in the 60s. Right. Now, so they, you, didn't, they didn't sell the pies until the late 60s. All right. But you think about that, that's <clears> over, <throat> what, it's way over 50, it's like almost 70 years so if you think yeah, about that, closer, and you, yeah, probably 60, 1968 is when the pies went on the menu. So yeah, that's, yep. that's when we did that. But my, my question is, and I know I've asked this for you, to you, but I, I, I think it's worth talking about again, is how you keep a relationship with a giant like McDonald's for all those years without mm-hmm. other people trying to come in and taking the business. I mean... It, it, it's that to me is remarkable. That talks about finding the sole SOUL of big business. So, what's the ingredient to that success? Keeping a long term relationship for years with the same big giant company who has stayed with you and you stayed with them. I want to hear that answer, even though I've heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, I give the same one. I think we were very fortunate that my father and Ray Kroc had similar values, similar business values, and similar. Uh, relationship desires, and uh, Mr. Kroc, when he founded all the systems at McDonald's, wanted long-term suppliers. He preferred private companies to public ones because he knew it was going to be important for him over the over the years to be able to call the CEOs and say, hey, if I need something, I don't want to have to go through a bunch of bureaucrats. Now, it's not like that today. A lot of the private companies have been sold and this and that, but 
you know, my father was, was bound to determine, and so were we, that, you know, we stayed private, and we never had to sell the company, and I had an interest in it, and, and he was very glad for that, because I don't think my brother's uh, health would have, you know, uh, allowed them to stay connected with the company for, for a, you know, a lot of years, so we've been, you know, I've been fortunate with, you know, my health, my abilities, and my desire to, you know, keep the company in the in the family and not sell it. I have literally four or five requests from uh, venture capital companies every month, you know, to, mm. are you interested in selling? Do you need capital? Do you need this, that, and the other? And I always <clears throat> tell people, I always try to shy away from that because once you turn over your company, once you take money from someone, uh, the company isn't yours anymore. It becomes mm-hmm. ours. And right. I think too many people run a company where a private person has invested and they don't treat that person as a partner and sometimes those things go bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, my father was very, um, you know, positive about wanting to keep the business in the family and thank God that I had an aptitude for it and a desire for it and a love of it and and we've just gone on down the road, and then I put in provisions so that my family, um, I have a son, actually, that's uh, coming up under me, and uh, so we're continuing it on, and that's that's our desire of our family is never to, mm. never to have to sell it. But how do you, how have you kept that relationship? That's incredible, which is wonderful because it's, it's your goal and that's what you're doing. How have you kept that relationship intact with McDonald's when I'm sure other vendors, other suppliers and manufacturers are knocking on their door? Well, I think my father started it with the relationship with McDonald's. Got it. And, yep. you know, then when trouble hit, uh, he had me, I kind of came in and I learned some new methods and I got Fortunately, I was introduced to Dr. W. Edward Deming very early in my career, and I learned that you can actually prevent problems from occurring. You can put systems in place. You can use data to teach people what to do and how to do it right, and uh, you can make things predictable and stable, and that's what my customers want. You know, my customers don't want to deal with a problem. They don't want more problems. They want solutions. And so we have set up our entire company to be a solution-based company that uh, works on preventative measures and works in a certain systematic way that we don't uh, create more problems for our customers. It's, right. And when we right. do have a problem, we jump on it and we get we fix it right away. And, right. and we usually Wonderful. take the brunt, don't make anybody else pay for it. We, we pay for it ourselves. And so, yeah. you know, that builds a lot of loyalty over time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it really, yeah. really seriously does. And so I think what you've seen is this loyalty that's continued for 40 or 50 years and um, will continue into the future because we work really hard to stay true and stay loyal and mm-hmm. work on the things that McDonald's needs us to do and yeah. and take care of our relationships. And so Wonderful. that just breeds, breeds more and more partnerships. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Paula, it's been such an honor and pleasure to have you on. It always is, but I always learn something new and it's, um, you know, it, I, you really are such a role model for this kind of thinking and, and you see it in your company and with your team members. And so um, I, I just wanted to share, it's been, it's always a privilege to work with you and to hear what you're doing really to help so many well, people. 
Well, thank you, Beth, and I appreciate you, too. I really do. You're a great, <laughs> a great positive voice for all of us to listen to when things get kind of dark. Uh, thank you, Paula. All right. Well, I know we will. I know that we will see you again in the next couple of months. And if people want to find you, they can go on Facebook, right? And just look right. up Paula A. Marshall or Bama. <laughs> Which one? And I also have a. I have a Paula A. Marshall pr- uh, private Facebook page, and I also have a Paula A. Marshall Instagram page. So okay. you so can find me on both of those. Okay. All right. Thanks so much for being on the program, Thank Paula. Thank you. All right. All right. Stand for a second. All right, folks, that wraps okay. up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. You can like me. If you um, would like to see all the wonderful guests I'm having on every month, you can get a copy of my newsletter by writing to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. And if you want to do your own podcast, I've interviewed thousands of people. I'd love to help you. All right, folks, have a great week. Happy New Year. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.